Equipped performance professionals, young professionals in the sports performance field, sharing their stories and advice. Stay tuned to find out how their journey has equipped them to succeed, as well as the tips and advice they would give for the new professionals looking to get into the field. Welcome to Equip Performance Professionals. This is your host, Ashley Muschiati. I'm so excited to kick off this project today with one of my good friends who I had the pleasure of working with back at my first internship at Clemson, Jason Martinez. Jason is the strength and conditioning coach at Wake Forest. Jason, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Obviously, this is the first guest. I get to be the first guest appearance, so it's a lot of pressure, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of up for the challenge here. So let's get this thing going. Absolutely. So not everyone thinks about becoming a strength coach. What made you want to join this field? I kind of consider myself lucky because coming out of high school, I, I knew this was what I wanted to do. And I felt like that that's something that's a little bit of a rarity, mainly because I, I don't think a lot of people even know this is a field. I mean, I talk to my family and friends and they still think I'm an athletic trainer. So I don't know what that means, but, you know, um, but for me, it was one of those things where I grew, I grew up playing sports and, you know, obviously being 5'8 and, and basketball being my main sport, there was a lot of work outside the court that I had to do as well as on the court. I and mean, that's kind of where I fell in love with it. You know, I linked up with a guy named Aiden Howley and, you know, he's, he's somebody who was not only a great strength coach, but a great mentor. And I think when that's the situation, you know, you fall in love not only with the process, but with the with the job, you know, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, I'll be, forever be grateful for him because he introduced me to it um, and it kind of sparked my passion in it. Perfect. And so what has your journey been to where you are now? So you talked about your interest, where it sparked your interest and what steps have you taken to get to where you are now? So I think the one thing was, um, you know, that I, that looking back, you know, I wish I kind of would have done different is you know, not waiting until senior year to kind of get internship experience. And and for me, it was something where I didn't even know that's how it went, right? Like I thought you went to class, you learned what you needed to do. And, you know, after you graduated, you kind of find an internship or a job. But, you know, I was told, you know, by one of my advisors that, you know, it's time to get some internship experience, especially if you want to be set up and ready to go when you graduate. So for me, that was where my past started. In undergrad, I, I did a class where I got credit for inter- for an internship. And, you know, at Manhattan College is where I did my first internship with Patrick Dolan. And, and that's kind of where it started. And, and he kind of turned me on to the different experiences you need to get to kind of set yourself up for success. Um, and that's where we linked up at Clemson, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. Manhattan College being a small Division One school, the resources weren't as plentiful as they were at Clemson and are at Clemson. So, you know, that was kind of something he um, he directed me towards is like, hey, man, you need to go get experience where, you know, they have the technology because that's became, that's become a huge piece in our job. Where you're around different coaches from different philosophies, you know, they have a bigger staff there. And then from there, you know, you kind of start getting your feet wet and you start seeing what you what you are good at and what you lack in. And that's how I ended up at Penn State. You know, I I had been told that there was a great opportunity for me to go there, be around a lot of great coaches and coach. And for me at that point in my my internship career, it was it was very vital for me to be able to get out and get coaching you know, and so that's how I ended up there. And, and that set me up for my, my experience at Lindenwood. 
Um, and, and that's kind of like the one thing I always tried to do was have my next step be, you know, a vertical and not a lateral move and, and chase goals and, and opportunity and not necessarily logos. Um, so when I ended up at Lindenwood, I, I mean, my first year at Lindenwood was something where it, it was, you know, birth by fire. It's like, here's your team's program. Uh, learn what works, learn what doesn't, adjust, adapt, talk to coaches. For me, that, that's exactly what I needed at that time. And then once you get that experience, you get better at it. So that's, how, that's why I came to Wake Forest originally at Lindenwood, you know, D2 school. We weren't there during the summertime. So it allowed us to do internships during that time. And, you know, I was familiar with Coach Horn and, and AJ and, you know, the things they were doing over here. And it was like, man, I need to go over there and spend some time with those guys. And, and that's how I ended up there for my internship. And from there, it was one of those things where it's like, expose your weaknesses, get ready for that next step. And so when I went back to Lindenwood, it was like, okay, I've worked on these things all summer. Let's put it into play. And, you know, fortunate enough for me, you know, AJ got a job right as soon as I graduated from Lindenwood with my master's degree. And I got a phone call from, from Horn and he asked me to come back and, you know, the rest is history from there. That's perfect. Yeah. I like how you said not chasing logos, but chasing experiences, because even at those big schools, you're going to have those times where everything goes wrong, where you may not have the time you need. You need to learn how to be adaptable and learn how to work with nothing and work with everything. So that was For really sure. Great. And I know you, you understand this too, and because you've been around really great mentors and, and great coaches. Like you understand now that, you know, people find good coaches, especially Absolutely. in the times we live in now. It's, you know, you, you, you network. Um, social media is super prominent. You, you put good stuff out there and people find good coaches. So now more than ever, it's not one of those things where it's like you need to be at a power five school to get a full-time job at a power five school. You just need to get coaching experience and you need to get good coaching experience. And honestly, you find a lot more of that at places you wouldn't think, you know? So those are some of the things now I, I think, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful for and fortunate to be able to live in a time now and, and, and the career evolved the way it has to where you can go a lot of different places to get really good coaching experience and Absolutely. still set yourself up for success, you know? Exactly. So I have a question here. So Coach Buley and Coach Caitlin Cunningham at Clemson, they did their virtual internship and they invited all of the past basketball interns to come on as mentors. So a bunch of the interns reach out to us. And this question was from Zach McManus. He asked me this. I'm going to throw this at you real quick. He said, what's something or some things that through all of your internship or assistant experiences at different universities has stayed consistent? Which I thought was a very interesting question and made me think a little bit. And I can give you my answer later, but I would love to hear your answer. Well, I think the most consistent, the thing about internships and for me, it's always, you got to put, you got to put in what you want to get out of it. Right. And, and like I kind of touched upon before, my, my idea of going into an internship or looking for different internships was progressing in something I was lacking. Right. And I think ultimately this, the one thing that stayed consistent is that you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be around new coaches. You're going to be around different athletes. You're going to be around different types of athletes. And I think, you know, through each internship, the one thing you start off with is like you want to be somebody who comes in and, and coaches feel are confident and competent to do, you know, 
the job and to get more responsibility. But ultimately, like, you know, I think for me, you know, looking at back at it now, it's, you know, my internships were awesome. And, and, you know, I had consistent results at each place because I was transparent and I told people what I didn't know and I wanted to work on things I didn't know. And, and for me, that was never a downfall. It never did me wrong by just being honest and open. And so that was one thing that stayed consistent is, you know, you get a lot of coaches who are, who are welcoming to that idea. It's, it, it was never something where it was like, man, this guy came from, you know, so-and-so and now he's here and he didn't learn this over there. It was, it was more of an acceptance of like, okay, this guy came here or this girl came here to get better. That's great. I mean, what would you think? I mean, did, did you have an ex- like similar experiences along your path or what? No, I definitely agree. And I think, as interns, sometimes I was afraid to admit where I needed help. Cause I remember there was one time, uh, one of my internships where a coach said, Hey, can you put someone on the pit shark? And I've seen a pit shark, but I've never had the experience with a pit shark as much of hooking other people up to it. I was like, it was mid lift. I said, yeah, sure. That was just my go-to. I froze and I said, yeah, sure. And looking back on it, I should have asked, I should have said, teach me how to use this equipment but I was a little hesitant at first. I thought I had to come in knowing everything. And I realized later that we're there to learn. We're there to get better. And asking questions is never a bad thing. Um, I really like that question because my answer, so what I said back to him was, it wasn't really the information in each internship that was consistent. It was more myself that was consistent. So between Clemson to UNC to then I went to football at University of Delaware and then to an HBCU with Dell State. Like those are four very different experiences, but you can't go in and mold yourself to how that experience thinks that they want you. So going into football and acting all macho and trying to gain their respect, it's not going to work. Like to me, what was consistent was how I treated my athletes, how I portrayed myself, how I displayed myself throughout all four. I didn't go into football saying, okay, I need to act like this and then go to a completely different school and say, okay, well, I'm at a higher level now. I need to treat athletes differently. So it was more myself that I found consistent over everything. You make a great point. And, and, you know, it's, it's an awesome point to touch upon. And, you know, the same thing that works to our advantage can work to your disadvantage, right? So even from a coaching standpoint, we know, you know, at this point, like athletes are visual learners for the most part. They see something and then they do it. And that's why, you know, from a coaching standpoint, it's good to be really good at your demos and your, mm-hmm. you know, your and, and your lifts and whatnot. So it's like that same thing can work to your disadvantage, right? Like these people, like athletes pick up on everything you know, so they'll sense something like that. So if, you know, if you come in and it's a false sense of confidence or it's a a false sense of, of competence, you know, people pick up on that fast. Exactly. So what's your why? What makes you get out of bed every morning, sometimes 4am, lack of sleep and work all day? First and foremost, I love the job. And I think, you know, that's, that's ultimately, you know, why you get up to do it. Um, because you love to do it. I think every day is different. 
I think every day is exciting. It's something I'm passionate about. And if you talk to any of my friends, they'll tell you I bore them to death with some of this stuff. And they're like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. But it starts with that. But it, but ultimately, you do it because it's an opportunity to be somebody for someone that they might not have had or that they can you can you know, influence them to be, uh, you know, a mentor or, or a friend or a, a confidant to somebody else. And I think ultimately, when you start that tree, it branches out. So I think, you know, obviously, it starts with the passion. And that's what keeps you going. But it's the results and the relationships that, you know, really solidify why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, that, that's a big part of the job. It's perfect. So what's one thing that you love to learn about? This could be anything from school subject to anything strength and conditioning so what's something you love to just geek out about and why yeah i mean first and foremost i'm a big physiology guy which shocks which shocks me now looking back because like i'll be honest in undergrad i did not do well in anatomy and physiology <laughs> it was for some reason it was it was such a struggle but now i find myself like reading all these books and, and just really diving into the physiological side of stuff. And, and for me, it's just something like understanding the ground floor, you know, and, and all these training methods and all these books and articles, they make more sense when you understand the baseline stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, you know, I'm a really big nerd on like human interaction and like, like mental, uh, what's the right word because you have to you have to uh you know kind of tremble tre- you know tread lightly when you when you talk about this stuff cuz you know some of the terminologies can be misconstrued but like you know mental uh influence right like you know on on you know nonverbal like body language or you know motivational tactics and and certain things like that just human interaction and behavior sciences are super intriguing to me okay Interesting. That's really cool. Cause a lot of, I had a conversation with a friend the other day and they were saying how they felt they could, they could make a bigger impact athletically working in a different sector. And to me, yes, athletically is a big thing, but also watching these athletes just grow from the time they walk in to the time they leave personally is a huge thing. So yeah, for sure. how people interact and behavior is really cool. Well, I think the thing too is, is like, it's super intriguing to me because it's, it's not even something that helps you in the job. It helps you on a day-to-day basis through life. You know what I mean? Like, and you have a chance to practice it no matter where you are. Like, how do you go into a store and interact with the clerk? You know what I mean? How do you go into you know, a restaurant and talk to the waiters and how you respond to them is how they respond to you. So it's one of those things that's like universal across the board. Um, So for me, it's like one of those things that I can always be doing and practicing. So it's always an application of knowledge, you know? Perfect. So the title of this podcast is Equip Performance Professionals. And the reason I chose that was because the definition of the name, by the way, (laughs) thank you. So the definition of equipped is to furnish or make ready with intellectual or emotional resources or to furnish or provide with whatever is needed for use for any undertaking. So I think that's perfect of how our mentorship, our education, everything that builds us up prepares us to then take on a role as a head coach one day. 
So you've talked a little bit about your mentors. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about, uh, mention your mentors and then what they've taught you and how they've equipped you to be successful on your own sure. as you take over? Yeah, I mean, I've been so blessed to be around really great coaches and mentors. And, and I think the one thing about all of them um, is that, you know, I've been around a, a, a lot of, you know, and I don't mean like actual old, but like old heads. I like to call my old heads, you know what I mean? Because, you know, there's, you learn things by being in it. And I've been around a lot of mentors that have been around really great athletes, really great people. And they've learned by, you know, going through it. So for me, like, that's one thing I'm always fortunate about is that, you know, when I talk to, you know, a mentor or confide in one about something, you know, they always give it to me from a place of personal experience. And ultimately, I think those are the, la the lessons that last, right? So, I mean, you know, talking to them and, and, you know, ultimately, whether it's a conversation about like, hey, man, simple works, right? Like, you know, it, it, you know, it's a common theme. I, I start seeing a lot, which I love. It's like the more I think I know, the less I, I really end up knowing, you know, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's like you go through it and you try all this stuff. But like at the end of the day, you just realize that like the big stones work, the simple stuff works. Um, and, and to be able to, you know, convince a younger coach, you know, that, you know, you don't have to be doing all this stuff and, you know, trying to be you know, the wow factor, I think that's like something that has been most influential for me, because ultimately, like our job is to drive results, right? And, and if we can do that in the in the less, you know, in the most time effective manner, in the most efficient way, like, why would you not, you know, so like certain things like that is, is one thing that, you know, I'm grateful for all my mentors. And that's one thing they've all really had in common. Nice. So, What's one thing that you personally have done so far in your career that you felt equipped you for the future? You talked about, I guess you talked about it a little bit with like always questioning more, but is there anything else that like you've gone out and done or your education or getting your master, something like that, that you felt yeah. has put you in the position to equip yourself? For sure. For sure. And I'll, and I'll, I'll premise the whole story. Right. So I've, oh, I played basketball growing up, right? And, and, you know, it's one of those things where, like, even, like, from my first experience in strength and conditioning, working with basketball, I've just been passionate about it. And so, like, sometimes, like, I found myself, like, almost trying to pigeonhole myself into working with basketball athletes, right? But one thing that's really equipped me was every other sport besides basketball. I think, you know, I, I became a better basketball strength and conditioning coach because of the field hockey, because of the soccers, because of the, the rugby's, because of the football, you know, and, and that's one thing that, you know, that, that has really equipped me for the future is I'll give you an example at Lindenwood, like our fresh, like some of our freshman girls in, on the field hockey team, I mean, they're, they're not from here and, and, and back home, they have a much different you know, style of how they do things. And I had a couple freshmen, freshman girls that had never seen a weight room, you mm -hmm. know, so navigating certain things like that with, with those types of athletes have equipped me to be a much better coach for the future. Because you, you really have to, <laughs> it's funny, because it's, it's one of those things where you have to teach them how to even navigate a weight room, right? Like, you know, barbell squat, 
where to put the dumbbells back or or when you say grab the purple band what that means like these are things that you have to teach them from a very basic level that you never thought you had to do it until you have to do it you know so those experiences have made me a much better coach and and I encourage the younger coaches to chase those experiences you know take on the teams that people don't want to take on take on the the, the swimming dives you know the water polos should the equestrian all that stuff you take on those teams mm-hmm. because you're going to learn something different from them than you would from a team like baseball or basketball you know what i mean like or football for that matter so you know just putting myself out there and really immersing myself in different sports and different athletes has been one thing that's equipped me beyond my experience absolutely and i think i think the veteran coaches will agree to so many young coaches want to pigeonhole themselves into working with football, working with basketball, and then maybe the job they get is an assistant football coach, but have to work with Olympic sports as well. And you're like, women's field hockey and men's football are two completely different things. So I think what you said there was really great. A lot of young coaches just want to say, oh, I want to hit that top football coach position. And really having that diverse background helps a lot more than people think. For sure. No, I totally agree. I mean, what's something, do you have a similar story like that where you had an athlete that had never seen a weight room? I've had, so I worked with bowling and cross country at Dell State. The two sports that probably are the least, the least experienced with the weight room. So bowling was definitely fun. I loved working with those girls because it was something that previously they were just given a workout. Here you go. You really don't need weight training as much for bowling but watching them it was it was great to learn more now I learned how to train bowlers like you wouldn't think about that but half of these girls went on to try out for the USA team so seeing that now it's like okay I've worked with some people I've heard their feedback and you would never think that bowling and stuff like that and having to put a whole training program together for them would be something you would do. But I've definitely learned a lot working with non cardiovascular sport, pretty much. They stand for pretty much a half a day at bowling tournaments. Like they don't sit down. Yep. It's crazy. So definitely learning a lot more. You know, you, you've, you said something that's a really great point and you know, I'd like to highlight it cause I don't want it to be, you know, overstepped. It's like, you have to understand the sport and the needs analysis of the sport to let them and help them understand why they're doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you can't just expect them to come into the weight room and be like, this is going to help me bowl. Like you have to understand why, and you have to understand everything that you're doing. It has a common goal in the end, and that's to make them a better bowler. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you understand that and you can exude that and let them know that this is going to pay off, you know, that's something that goes a really long way, but you have to do the work on the front end. You have to really understand why you're doing what you're doing and how it's going to carry over. So that's a really awesome point. Thank you. So I'll add on to that too. Um, One of the things that a lot of coaches I find do is they try to get their point across to these athletes, but make it very scientific. Mm -hmm. And so yes, letting the athletes know how it's going to help them in their sport, but also I wouldn't say dumbing it down, but putting into terms that they can understand. Sure, they're not going to understand. Right. They're not going to understand talking about 
the anatomy of all three little muscles and here and how they pull when you do this and how that's going to help you stabilize. They're not going to understand that. So the ability for young coaches to be able to take that knowledge that they've gained and basically suck it down to one to two points and getting it across is definitely going to help young coaches as they are working on the, uh, working on the floor. Absolutely. And you know what, like that, that's the one thing when, you know, when you reached out to me about doing this podcast and that was the one thing that I was so excited about was that, you know, this is going to give coaches a chance to articulate themselves. Right. And, exactly. and that's stuff that comes from, a, it comes from confidence and knowledge. You got to know what you're talking about. And then from then you have to practice articulating yourself. And it's one of those things that you get better at, but you need the opportunity to do it. And that's why I love this idea for the podcast, because you give younger coaches and coaches a, a chance to actually, you know, get their point across. And, and that, can't, that has to be an experience that, that they're not only getting on interview processes, right? Like you have to, you have to supplement that into your everyday life. Like, practice explaining it to athletes like little things like this podcast where it's like okay can you explain to me why you do what you do or you know what are some things that your mentors told you like those are things you need to be able to articulate mm -hmm. and that's why I love this podcast and, and you know I, I tip my hat to you for, for coming up with the idea thank you yeah so the idea of this podcast came as I was starting my internship at Clemson and I kept looking at for tips and tricks for your strength and conditioning internship. It's not a normal internship that everyone else does. And so I kept coming up with all of these things from veteran coaches, which is amazing. I think that what they provide to the field is invaluable. It's necessary and all young coaches need to look at that. Like uh, Adam fights. So you want to become a strength coach article. That was a big one that popped up. I wanted to hear from the person that was in my shoes yesterday. I wanted to hear not from the person that was in my shoes 10, 20 years ago, but more the person that was in my shoes that had just left the position that I'm filling. So that's kind sure. of how this came about. So looking back on your first year coaching or back on your internship, what's one thing you would have done differently? Yeah, there's, you know, I was thinking about, I actually was thinking about this the other day, and it's, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've been in a in an internship meeting or sitting down and just talking shop with coaches where it's like, you, you know, I was hesitant to express my, my opinion or, or hesitant to chip into a conversation because I had the fear of being wrong, you know, and that's one thing I, I think I really limited myself in certain situations. Um, and, and honestly, more often times or not, you know, the point I had in my head or, or I was thinking somebody else says and it gets accepted, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, that's a really good point. And it's like, dang it, man, like, I literally was just <laughs> thinking that, you know, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I think it changes over time. And, and you know, you know, changes with, with your confidence and, and coaching and your, and your knowledge base. But one thing for me is, you know, I, I just wish back then I, I would have opened myself up a little more and, you know, put that fear of being wrong or, or being um, criticized, you know, I, I would have put that in my back pocket because it, it realistically, it, 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 didn't, it didn't help me, it hurt me, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. So, Say you're leaving your internship or your 
position today, what is one piece of advice that if you had to write a note for the person that filled your shoes tomorrow, what would be that one? It could be advice. It could be a story. It could be whatever you want. What would be that one piece that you would tell the coach? Here's what you need to do in your internship. The biggest piece I would give them would be make this position and make this internship better than you found it. Um, and, and for okay. me that, you know, I think that covers a lot of bases, right? So if you, you look into it and just like, okay, I have to leave this better than I found it. It's, it's going to take some, some, some really, some really big uh, research, right? It's like, okay, what are, what are we really good at here? Or what do they emphasize? You know, what are some things that, you know, maybe I think we could do a little better or, you know, maybe what can I bring to the table? And that opens up a lot of doors and a lot of different avenues to, you know, really push yourself. If you have that pressure of leaving something better than you found it, you know, you really want to be able to come through and, and be successful at that goal. And, and I think, you know, if you have that, that idea in mind, you really give yourself a chance to be a better coach. That's and perfect. a better person, honestly, I, you know, I think it's like ultimately like in, in sometimes in these internships, right. You know, you could take Clemson, for example, it's like, for me, I went in and I understood like, man, these athletes are seeing four interns every semester for three semesters, right. You have the fall, the spring and, and summer. So like, are these kids going to remember me? Are these coaches going to remember me when they're 12 interns deep from when I left? You know what I mean? And if, the, if you have a hard time saying yes, you need to reevaluate what you're doing and you need to change something, right? You mm -hmm. need to, to work on those things and, and build the relationships, not only with the coaches, but with the athletes so that when you leave, you know, you still get that, that DM on Instagram, like, oh, coach, like, I see you're here now. Just hope you're doing good. Or, you know, we miss you over here. Like, those things go a really long way. Absolutely. There was always one thing I lived by, by all my internships, um, pen and paper strength app on Instagram posted it and it was like, I believe it was two or three check marks at check boxes. And it was like the way to judge an intern's success. And it was like, athletes ask, athletes don't realize that the intern's gone. Athletes ask a week later that an where an intern's gone or athletes realize a day that the athlete or the intern's missing that they're exactly. not there. And you want to be that third one. And I've just always, I, keep that on my phone every time I go even anywhere as a coach still I still live by that but that's one thing I left my internship I said okay did did I leave that impact where people are going to ask where I am tomorrow when I'm not here exactly perfectly said that's yeah. exactly it perfect so I like to wrap it up with some fun questions so I got the chance to listen to Leanne Tui from the blind side Great speaker, by the way. But she said, nothing good ever happens in your comfort zone. Is there any time that that kind of played a role and what result came of that? Yeah, honestly, and, and not to reiterate the story, but just something like we, like we were talking about before, like staying in your comfort zone and staying quiet because you don't want to open yourself up to the criticism and being wrong. You know, back, you know, looking at it now, you know, from my first couple experiences when I've actually had programming experience, I, I wish I would have tried a little more things because ultimately, like, by the time you get to your first full, full job, you know, full-time job, you don't have to have it all figured out, but you like to have a really good sense of direction, right? 
And so when you're at your internships or you're, you know, you get your graduate assistant spot and you get those opportunities to program, you try, you try different things and you, and you don't have to, you know, run triphasic word for word by the manual. Like maybe you adjust little things and obviously in a safe manner, but just, you know, trying different things like, okay, I, I know the triphasic stuff hands down, but, you know, maybe let's run some of the tier system. Let's see how this stuff works. And, you know, let's see the, the results driven by this system. Or, you know, maybe I feel like split squats might drive better results than, you know, a, a heel elevated goblet squat. And, and maybe I'm bad. You know, the number one, the, honestly, the number one thing is like Olympic lifts, right? Like I think there's a lot of young coaches out there and myself included that strive like that that you know went away from Olympic lifts because they were afraid to coach them, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's one thing early on that you know I started doing, but you know I, I kind of got away from it and started implementing more and more because the more you coach them, the better you get at coaching them. It's just like Absolutely. doing the lift, right? Like the more you do Olympic lifts and your complexes, the better you get at them. Um, so just one of those things where it's like, don't strive away from something that you want to put in there because you can't coach it. Open yourself up for that failure of, damn, that's just not working. Like, they're just not understanding. Work with your cues. Work with your different positions. Putting them in places that they can succeed to, to, to carry over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, that was one thing that, you know, I've had experience with is, you know, stride, stride, like striding away from those things because I was nervous to coach them. Yeah, that's great. I always say part of our job is experimenting on ourselves. So always trying out yourself, like on your free time, do a program, see how things work. And that is part of our job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you treat yourself like an athlete, right, and and you train like you want your athletes to train, you're going to understand a lot of process better than if you just try to implement it and see how they react. Like Absolutely. that's a, you know, that's a great point. Like you want to know how certain things feel. You want to know after your, you know, your accumulation block or that, you know, you're, you're sore here or you're not sore here and you can do a little more here. Like those are things you have to learn through experience. And I mm-hmm. think that's why, you know, a lot of athletes honestly make really good strength coaches because they know what it's like to go from practice to lift or from lift to practice. And that's an experience that me personally not having played a college sport, I don't have. So I have to supplement that in there somewhere, right? And for me, that's like something I do through training. Like, like, do you really know, and not you personally, but like a coach to ask yourself, like, do you really know how it feels to run 40, 40 meter sprints and then have to come in and heavy front squat? Like, do you know what that feels like to push sleds for 20 minutes and then have to come in and do some plyometrics? Like, if you don't know how that feels, don't put it in your program. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so if you could choose one movie title from a movie that already exists for that for the story of your life, what would it be and who would play you? <laughs> this is one this of my an so awesome questions. We had Breakfast Club at Clemson Basketball. So after morning lift with men's basketball, I had to come up with a list of like 30 questions and every day we'd have breakfast and we'd ask one of those questions and it was just a way it was no phones just talking that everyone could learn about each other and it was some funny questions and some more serious questions and this was my favorite question out of all of them so (laughs) that's an awesome question all right let me think so a a movie a movie title that i would like my life to be named after (laughs) 
<laughs> what about get strong or die trying? There you go. And who and would play you? Jason Statham. He's kind of got yeah. the whole bald head thing going on. <laughs> you know, I grow my I grow my little my hair out just a little bit. We probably probably have the same hairline, so I think that that might suffice. I know Vin yeah. Diesel's got the same thing going on, but he's a little too big to play me. So, so I think. <laughs> it was the one time at Clemson, you were on that goal to get uh, <laughs> get as big as you can that summer. That was funny. Yeah, I felt I felt terrible for four months, so it's all good. <laughs> I I think I lived off of cookout and Chipotle, and and my you know my my blood fat levels were probably through the roof, but it's all good. I got there, so. <laughs> You know, at any cost, get get strong. Well, at that point, it was get big or die trying. But there you go. So, if you were a teacher in school, what would you teach? I teach his, history. Mm, okay. I think it's fascinating. I am not a history person. I think the I, most I I've know. gotten it's... out of history was from the musical Hamilton recently. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's hate? in a video or something, <laughs> I can get it. But there's certain things that I like about it and other things I'm just like, I'm lost. You have me lost. <laughs> That's your That's curriculum good. right there. Then you come in, you show Hamilton, call it exactly. a day. I think exactly. history would be a cool, cool uh, little piece to, to, you know, share to the youth. Nice. Perfect. Okay. And then what is one book podcast clinic conference certification, everything of one of those that you feel has played a big role in equipping you either personally or professionally or both? I think, you know, ultimately it comes down to just knowing the basics first. Um, and that was one thing that I, I really took pride in is, you know, picking up the old the old Russian texts and, and learning like, because ultimately I think a lot of things are recycled, right? And I think, you know, if you really dive into the, the basics of stuff um, and have that solid understanding before you dive into, you know, the more, you know, advanced program manuals i think that's one thing that's really helped me um and then all other than that i think you know a lot of like personal development books have really helped um i I believe that everything you know although our job is very demanding it can't always be about strength and conditioning i think you know there's a lot of time you need to work on yourself too um and, and I think you learn a lot of life lessons that'll help you coaching in some of those books you know like you know grit's a great one Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I won't, I won't list off a ton because I'm sure, you know, everyone's probably seen a bunch on Instagram and they're all really realistically all over the place and the same, but you know, certain books like that have really helped me as well. Perfect. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I know you've recently taken over Twitter, so yeah, <laughs> new on the, new on the Twitter verse. Um, yeah, social media, like I said, it, it's such an easy way to connect with great coaches now and and for me personally, like, that's what I love doing. I love, you know, connecting with coaches, like, through direct message, of, hey, do you have time to, you know, chop it up or, you know, talk or whatever. I think that's a great way. I mean, I'm always one to give out my phone number and, you know, my email address. So, you know, there's always a way to, to reach me. And, and I remember being somebody who was a – because I was like, man, I don't want to seem like a, a nuisance or, or whatever. But, you know, I just want people to know that, I love it. I'm always welcome for it. You know, obviously I'm passionate about what I do and, you know, what we do as a, as a, you know, profession. So, you know, find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter. You can give them my email and in, in your description or whatever. And, and, and let's do this thing. Perfect. Yeah. I'll make sure that all of our listeners have all of your information in the podcast description. Awesome. So, and I'm sure there will be a lot of listeners too. So 
hopefully, hopefully I'm expecting I'm expecting a lot of emails and DMs. <laughs> you heard that, guys. Hit him up. He's happy to respond, make some contacts. That's what all this is about. So, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great catching up. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I'm sad it's over, but all I right. I know, right? We'll talk, we'll talk next time. That was <laughs> awesome. I appreciate you, and I'm, I'm honored to be your first guest. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Thank you for listening to Equip Performance Professionals. Make sure to visit www.ashleymuschiati.com and subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are released. You can also follow me on Twitter at, at coach underscore Ashley M for all podcast updates.